Finance. By the way, if you haven't been in this series, we've just talked about how Jesus spoke on money, especially the week, the last week he was on earth before he was to be crucified. And this is what the title of the message is. Everybody say this out loud. Breaking the stronghold of? Greed. 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 Young people. Hey. I like when y'all sit in the front row because y'all got the energies. Y'all might think this doesn't apply to you. Because either you have jobs but not full time and you're still in school or you don't have jobs at all. But here's why it applies to you. I believe this is passed generationally. I believe some of you are facing strongholds of greed that have been in your family for generation after generation after generation. And some of you are poor, so you immediately think to yourself, he ain't talking to me. I promise, he ain't talking to me. And I promise, I am. Because it's not what you think. Someone say, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. See, the enemy works in weird ways, and he's got us. But I'm here to declare war with you today that he ain't got us no more. So I want to start out by 1 John chapter 2 and just show you how the enemy fights against us, how the world system. See, we're trying to bring heaven to earth, everybody. But the world has a system, and John just goes ahead and tells us about it. He said, don't love the world of things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, Paul's. That does not mean you shouldn't love people in the world. That does not mean you shouldn't love roller coasters. If you love roller coasters, you're not loving the world. This is what I've watched people before say, you love the world. That's my spiritual voice. You love the world, spiritual Sam, and they're getting mad at you. No, loving things, loving football, loving stuff, that's not bad. Matter of fact, he describes what's bad right here, so let's just not take my word for it. He says, all that is in the world is the desires of the flesh. Some translations say lust of the flesh. We would simply define that as lust in general. And then the desire of the eyes, that's greed. And then the pride of life, that's pride, is not from God the Father, but is from the world. So it is not the stuff in the world that is the problem. Are y'all okay? Stuff ain't bad. I'm going to say this at least a lot. I was going to say a number of times, but I don't know how many it is. We'll just go with it. I'm going to say this multiple times because I need you to know that I'm not preaching against stuff today. I'm preaching against stuff having you today and stuff having me today because stuff has got us. Stuff ain't bad. Sex isn't bad. In marriage, it's amazing. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm just telling you. Praise God. And pride is always bad. Because it is me replacing God in my own mind. I can do what he can do. I don't need him. So that's always bad. But this is all perversion of what God meant to be good. These are all perversions. Satan loves to pervert. Satan loves to counterfeit. Satan loves to trick us. And he is an angel that has fallen. Are y'all okay so far? But he's still an angel even though he's an angel of darkness. And he loves to creep and loves to show and he loves to trick us into believing that we're right because so many of us struggle being right in our own minds, but that is not the goal. The goal is righteousness, which means I'm right in him. He who knew no sin became sin so that I could be right 
in his eyes. That is righteousness. That's the only right that matters. It does not matter if you vote right or left. It does not matter if you think you're right or not. It matters if you are right in Christ. So all this battle is not, are you smarter than me? And we tend to get in these philosophical debates wondering who's the smartest, but that doesn't matter. Someone say, that doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because the three big, big things that Satan likes to use, I put down weapons, but the reality is it's like tentacles. It's like tentacles that he has. I believe there's literally demons or fallen angels that their sole goal is to lead in these categories, but it's pride, lust, and greed. And they all, listen to me, they all entangle us at some level. You may not struggle with lust like your friend does, but you may struggle with greed or pride. But today specifically what I want to focus on is how greed hits us all. Listen, this isn't going to make sense to some of you because you don't have lots of stuff or you've never struggled with having lots of stuff and you immediately think that ain't it. That is it. Why? Because this is the definition of greed. It's lusting for a greater number of temporal things that go, this is the key, that go beyond what God's determined eternal best for my life is. Stuff isn't bad. As a matter of fact, God gives me stuff to accomplish what he put me on this planet to do. It's bad when I focus on the stuff and not the God who created, made, and supplies all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So whenever my prayer time tends to be mostly about what he can give me and not about the one that provides. Whenever my focus is on what I don't have or what I do have. Because when it's what I do have, I push you away. When it's what I don't have, I talk about what I don't have. Then it's got me. So I want to show you in scripture all of this and what it means and how it's got us. This is what Jesus said in Luke 16. He says, no one can serve two masters you either hate the one and love the other, or you despise the one and you're devoted to the other. I said it backwards, but I can because it's in there. You can't serve God, and the word says money, but it's actually the word mammon, which is the God of possessions or things. Because money isn't bad. Matter of fact, Paul said to Timothy, it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evils. If anyone ever tells you money is the root of all kinds of evils, they're lying to you. Money doesn't have positive or negative anything until it hits your hands. And then whatever's on you is what's on it. That's the problem. Is we feel like I was fine. This is what people say. Y'all have heard people win the lottery before? I was fine and then that lottery money came. Next thing you know. I went crazy. Nope, you was crazy and that lottery money told us about it. Won't he do it? This, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about society. This is most people's gods. What in the world are you talking about? Let me show you. 1 Kings 18, same exact God, by the way. The God of possessions. Just in the Old Testament, it wasn't mammon. It was this word. Everybody say it. Baal. Baal. It says Elijah, this is when Elijah calls fire down from heaven in 1 Kings 18. I think it's a really cool story. And if you don't know it, you should read it. But all these prophets of Baal had gathered around, and it's 450 to 1. And Elijah talks junk. I love the story because I love trash talking. If you're going to win. I don't love trash talking when you're going to lose. Gamecock fans, rise up. Don't talk trash. 
here we go. I'm proud to be a Gamecock, but I ain't talking junk. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Elijah calls them out. I mean, he literally, while they're trying to get fire from heaven, he's like, you think Baal might be taking a pee-pee? Because it's taking too long. I promise it's in there. Y'all think I'm kidding? Calls them out. But this is what he says to the people. This is what he says to the people. Because you've got a crowd of people in the room, and this is what the people are doing. I don't know if I want to go with God or go with Baal. Because I know Baal, and the difference is their mindset at least understood that they were worshiping something other than God, and they thought that that something that they were worshiping could give them what they want. We do it silently and don't realize that's what we're doing, but it's the same thing. This is what he said, listen. He said, y'all got to quit limping between two different opinions. Remember what Jesus said? He was actually referring to this. You hate the one and love the other or despise the one and be devoted to the other. You can't serve God and Baal. You see that? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, you need to follow him. And it turns out that the people got the message because the Baal, the prophets of Baal did their thing and then Elijah came up and instead of just having the altar and the calf that he was going to kill and he said douse it with tons of water and then fire came and sucked it all up and got rid of the calf like it was supposed to do. And they all said, I think it's God, not Baal. <laughs> they got the message, right? But in our case, it's tough for us. Why? Because things like that don't happen anymore and we don't have these figmentive bales. Instead, our bale looks like this. Instead, our bale looks like our houses and our cars or like thereof. None of those things are bad until you start worshiping them. Watch this. Baal and mammon are the spirit of greed and I need y'all to get this. If y'all aren't taking notes, start right now. Because we're going to break the stronghold of greed. And we're going to understand. Listen, 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 listen. If you haven't paid attention yet, I need y'all to lean in. Every single one of us, every single one of us, from the richest to the poorest, the oldest to the youngest, every single one of us fall in these categories at least some of the time. It is all about mindset. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I naturally wake up in the morning and ask God to adjust to my mind rather than the other way around. And this was the most eye-opening thing ever for me, y'all. I've struggled the past week and a half and wondered why until I had the epiphany, duh, it's because I'm upsetting the status quo in the kingdom. Because if our mindsets can get this, we'll break some strongholds and not struggle in the areas we've been struggling and see the kingdom come like we've never seen it before. But until that happens, we'll keep doing our same thing and wonder why things aren't breaking through. They don't break through just because you go through motions. They break through when you get on the same page as him and walk in agreement. This is the point. And this is the time that we start. Now listen to me. This is the time that we start back when Jesus is in that week. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? In the week that he's going to die, this is literally where we pick it up. And the person's name that we're looking at today is Jesus, certainly, but it's also Judas. Everybody say Judas. How many of y'all know Judas betrayed Jesus? We're going to find out why today. Because a lot of you don't know why he really did it. And I'm here to tell you the devil don't make us do nothing. He just needs to let us loose. We'll do it ourselves. It says six days before the Passover... 
So that means it's the same week. He, Jesus is about to die. This is Sunday. It says, Jesus therefore came to Bethany. The next thing that happens is they're waving palm branches. It says where Lazarus was and he raised him from the dead. So they gave Jesus a dinner there. And Martha served and Lazarus was on one of those reclining at the table. But look at this. Mary took a pound. Everybody say a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. I'm, do y'all know that that did not happen back in Bible days? I don't think it happens now. Leah has sure never anointed my feet with her hair. <laughs> She's like, no, dog. It's because I run and mess you up while you're doing videos, isn't it? Anyway, it's never happened, and it's unusual, but it's much different then than it was even now because I can see all the ladies in the room's hair. But back there, you couldn't have because they put it up, they hid it. It was the most sacred part of the woman's body. They would never reveal that to anyone, and yet she let it down and wiped the feet, which was disgusting. No one messed with feet. That's why when Jesus washed the disciples' feet during that week, it was such a big deal. And Peter was like, no, 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 you can't do this because you're you and I'm me, and this can't happen. And Jesus was showing what it's like to submit. But in this case, it was even more different because she used expensive perfume. And with her tears and perfume, she showed what submission looked like. Now look. It says Jesus, Judas Iscariot responds like many of us would have. His, one of his disciples. And then I just need y'all to know that some authors are different in the Bible that the Holy Spirit inspired than others. And I love me some John. Because John will call you out. And John calls him up. John calls himself the one that Jesus loved. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. He said it with a humble heart, so it's not pride. But he says, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray Jesus, said, why is this ointment not sold for 300 denarii? Just so y'all know for a reference point, that's, that's the average wage of that day for a worker. It's between twenty dollars and $25,000. So if we were watching some old cat have some perfume that cost $25K, some of y'all are thinking, that's a new truck. Do not pour that out. Right? You might not be thinking about the poor like a good person would, because I wouldn't either. I would have been thinking about, what are you doing with my car? Right? Or something. But in this case, it says, that should have been sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor. Watch John. He's like, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he was in charge in a money bag, which is literally all the money that the disciples and Jesus took in as they were doing ministry. He had the bag. He was the treasurer. And it says that he used to help himself for what was in it. He stole. He stole from it. I'm going to show you all in a second how so many of us fall in the category of a Judas, but think we would never do what he did. And Jesus said, leave her alone that she may keep it for the day of my burial. And they sure didn't know that it was only five days away. He said, for the poor you always have with you, but you won't always have me. This is what I need y'all to know about greed and why it messes with some of y'all because you don't think you have it. Greed is like a coin, and it's got two sides. One side of it is the greed that is normal, just like pride has boasting, and you know it's pride, but so is insecurity. It's just the other side of the same coin. It manifests itself two different ways, but it still comes from the same root. In this case, there are two different mindsets of prosperity, and it is not bad to prosper. God wants to prosper you, but for his purpose, 
not for yours. But this mindset of prosperity is entitlement. Everybody say entitlement. Entitlement. And then there's a poverty mindset. And I'm going to be super real with y'all. This is where my struggle's been for the most part. Poverty mindset. How do I know I have it? Poverty mindset is ashamed of the blessings of God. Ashamed. Everybody say ashamed. ashamed. How do I know if I'm ashamed if I apologize for what God is doing? If I make excuses for what God is doing, if I begin to try to justify what is happening in my life because it seems like favor has come, and I begin to tell you how little it cost, how much it wasn't, how you shouldn't worry about it, how it's not a big deal, and I, with my words, begin to justify every single part of it. But on the, on the equal and opposite note, the prosperity mindset is ungrateful all the time. You'll never hear a, a prosperity or entitlement mindset say, These simple words, thank you. Because what they think is, yeah, that's cool that you got me that, or that's cool that I got that promotion, or that's cool that I got that thing, but I deserve more. I should have gotten more. Why didn't you give me more? Oddly enough, Judas has got both of them. He's got the two-piece and a biscuit in this scenario. He's got both of them. He's got the poverty mindset, you shouldn't be spending that money. Shame, shame, shame. And he's got the entitlement mindset, some of that money should be coming to me. And it shows up with two different heads like a two-headed dragon. And we would immediately argue, especially if you grew up, watch this, on the wrong side of the tracks. That ain't me. Let me give you another example. Let's say you get a new car. It doesn't have to be brand new, off-the-lot new car. You get a car that wasn't yours and now it is. Poverty mindset. This is what you say to people when they say, ooh, I like those wheels. I like that new ride. That's nice. Poverty mindset. You immediately say, this is a piece of junk. I mean, it, it was, you wouldn't believe the deal I got. Can I help y'all with something? I'm going to help me with something if I'm not helping y'all. People don't care that you got a good deal. Say yes if you agree. We don't, but we do it. Why? Because we got this mindset. Because we're trapped. So we got to tell everybody, you just wouldn't believe it. It's an old piece of junk, but they just gave it away. I stole this thing. <laughs> okay, that's weird, but thanks. <laughs> right? Here's what I'm guilty of. I thought about this this week. One of the places is I've got, I think I just counted before I came out here, 11 pairs of Jordan 1s. Y'all don't have to like it, but I do. And I've paid my money for it, or I got them as gifts. And so if y'all think that's excessive, that's your opinion, and that's cool. We don't have to dislike each other or like each other over this. This is just facts I'm giving y'all right now. Here's the poverty mindset. I got them on an amazing sale. I was at the Nike outlet, and they got that closeout sale at the back, and y'all wouldn't believe it. I got two for the price of none. And we start telling everybody how much we, listen, how much we didn't spend because we feel guilty. Here's why it's, it's passed down from generation to generation. Listen to your mom and dad and your grandma and granddad, and they're probably saying the same things that you're saying, so you ain't ever had it broken. I've noticed that that's the case at my house. Well, that's not greed. It's absolutely greed. How do you know? Because I feel the need to justify what I've done with money that I've earned and I've not wasted 
justifying that I'm not wasting it so I don't want you to think differently than you should of me. So pride sweeps in and then that really is an arm of greed where I'm saying you can't know how much I'm spending on this. The poverty mindset feels terrible if they get a nice house. As if you have to apologize because God has elevated you and blessed you and got you, listen, to the place that he destined for you to go. You never have to apologize when God increases. And it's not a problem as long as it's not your focus. Here's where the prosperity gospel comes in. If all I ever talk about is prosperity, then I'm one of the prosperity preachers. The point is not prosperity. The point is God provides everything I need to accomplish what he put me on this planet to do. And when I know I've gotten the other part of the coin starting to overwhelm me is when I get a house, when I get a car, when I get some shoes, when I get stuff and I go, I mean, they all right. But the only reason they off-white is because I got them dirty. Some of y'all don't know what off-whites are, but you can look it up. And then this is what starts happening. It's on my board behind so you can look at it. I'm just going to talk to you like I'm talking to you now. We start lying. And not, not the animal lying. Lying. <laughs> right? Because it's just simple, y'all. Y'all got to get this. It's just little. We just stretch it just a little bit to make people think a little bit more of where we are in our lives than we really are. I spent $52,000 on that SUV. And it is nice. And it's got all the bells and whistles. And it's got all the stuff. And it's got this and that. Remember the conversation is, they just said to me, that is an awesome, I, that's cool. I like that car. And then you got to go into this rant and tell them all the stuff it's got. It cools and heats and cools and heats. It does one cheek and the other, and it does both hot and cold. That ain't true, but you say it is because you want to make sure that they can think you're awesome. That's, that means that this greed has started overtaking me, and I got you. I want you to believe, Michael, that I'm farther along than I really am. So I begin to just let it exaggerate and let it stretch. And I can never truly be grateful. The heart of gratitude. Keep in mind why this is important. We enter his gates with? Huh. So if I'm Satan, what I want to keep you from doing is having a thankful heart. So I can do that through prosperity or through entitlement and pro or, or excuse me, through poverty or entitlement and prosperity. As long as I keep you from being grateful, you won't enter his gates. So what do we go into prayer for? I want more. What do we go into prayer for? Woe is me. I'm a victim. The victim mentality often derives from the poverty mindset. Because in this country, in this country, it is more difficult for some people, as I've preached for several weeks in a row and for several years in a row, if y'all have ever heard me, it is much more difficult for certain people in certain backgrounds. But anyone can work their butts off in a capitalistic system and they can make money. Do y'all agree with that? So whenever I make excuses or complain constantly to God, and there are bad breaks and there are awful days, but whenever I constantly complain to God, complaining is agreement with Satan and complaining shows up because I have a poverty mindset most of the time. Can I tell you something? There's millionaires, millionaires with poverty mindsets. How do you know? Because they're talking about the gas prices and they got $15 million in the bank. 
who the flip cares? Hang on. If it's 179 or 199 if they got 10 million in the bank. Because that 10 cents ain't cost them nothing. Now, if you are looking for dimes, I'm talking to somebody, in your truck, that was me last week in Jesus' name, to try to pay for something. We cool with looking at the, at the cost of the gas every once in a while. But if it's your focus every time you leave the house, you got the poverty mindset. What's the problem with that, Mark? Why are you talking so much? Why are you sweating? Why are you crazy? Stop asking so many questions. Because poverty always says that's too much in your mind, and it manifests through shame. Prosperity or entitlement always, I deserve more, and it manifests through the entitlement, thinking you're better than other people, showing up, your nose is in the air, everybody knows your poops stink, but you act like it don't. Come on, somebody. But the godly mindset is always gratitude in little and much. Paul said it like this, I've learned to be content with a lot and a little. Because it ain't about that. It's not bad to have stuff. It's bad for the stuff to have you. And Paul, I believe, was very wealthy because he was a tent maker. And that might not sound like a lot to you because it just means we sold his stuff at Academy now, right? But it ain't that. It was a big deal back then. And he came from the tribe of Benjamin and he had the stuff together. And yet he was like, it doesn't really matter because in this and in this, as long as godliness with contentment is great gain is what he said. Because I can be grateful in all things. So if you haven't listened to anything I've said up to this point, get this right here, what I'm about to show you. The enemy does not care if you have stuff or don't have stuff. Look, he wants to trap you with a lot of stuff, an abundance of stuff, or make you focus on what you don't have. As long as he can take your focus off Jesus, he's got you. So why does it seem like some people are so, quote, blessed and some people have so little because he knows that your trap is entitlement and your trap is poverty. But he is an equal opportunity devil that just tries to keep people from focusing all their energy and attention on Jesus. How do you know if someone's really walking in favor? Because they can have stuff and it doesn't define them. They don't apologize for it. They're grateful for it. But it sure don't have them. And this is the problem is once this creeps into y'all, I believe that what the Holy Spirit whispered to me is this is most Christians in the capital C church. When this starts creeping in and this is where we live our lives, it precedes betrayal. Because we love to throw shade on Judas, right? Judas was that betrayer. I mean, he's an idiot. How dare he do that? But if we're not careful, if we let this creep into our hearts, we'll betray. And we may not have an opportunity to literally betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Clearly we won't. He's not going to die on a cross again. Are y'all okay? But we will betray our destinies for something that's cheap. We will do exactly what in the Old Testament story of Jacob and Esau. We'll, we'll, we'll give up our firstborn birthright for a bowl of beans. We'll give up a lot for the minimum. We'll give up our whole lives and our journeys and what God's called us to to try to just get some here and now today. Like this, Matthew 26. This is, this is right after this happens. Look at, what, look at what this says. Judas, one of the 12, went to the chief priest who was trying to kill Jesus this whole time and he says, I will, everybody say this word. Yeah. Doesn't that look familiar in this series? 
because we talked about give. And he uses that same ditto me word. He says, what will you give me? I'm willing to betray. I saw that mess. I didn't like it. Poverty and entitlement crept up. And I was offended by 20-something thousand dollars. So what can I get paid through my betrayal? Watch. He says, if I deliver him to you, and they, he got 30 pieces of silver. Now, I don't know what you think about silver, but I, this doesn't register with me. I had no idea that was $200. $200. $200. $200 might seem a lot to y'all, but $200 ain't worth throwing your destiny away over, is it? But people do it every day. Because it says from that moment on, he sought an opportunity to betray him. It engulfed him. Why? Because the word betray comes from the same Greek word didomi, para didomi, and it means to turn over, to give over. And it all has to do within here. Once I've not surrendered everything to Jesus, where every day I oppo did me, give back what belongs to him and then walk with him and give and openly sow and, and chase him and, and I live grateful, then, then, then this para, para did me becomes my life and I end up handing over from, and it, listen, this is the part that I thought was so sad, it most of the time has to do with a personal relationship. It's someone that I'm close to. Did you know I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother? His name is Jesus. And the one that I can betray faster than anyone else is not you. It's me and him. I can give up what he's called me for in best for what I want now. And the opportunity may show up as poverty or a mindset where I can feel sorry for myself. And it may show up on the equal and opposite end and I may be able to get stuff. But I'll sell out in a minute because I'm angry with God for not doing it in the time frame that I thought he should. If your prayers every day are constantly, God, why have you not given me? Why am I not having? You don't understand. My prayer is never, God, I need you to go do. Why? He's already did. He's already done it. He is seated on the right hand of God. God does not get up for any reason. He does not need to get up for me. He's already completed the work in his name. He's already finished it when he said to, to tell us that it is finished on the cross. So all that I have to pray is, give us this day our daily bread. Your kingdom come, your will be done here as it is in heaven. Not, where have you forsaken me? Have you forgotten all that I've done? What is this all about? No, he's never forgotten you. You've just let your eyes turn to another way. Baal has started overtaking me. Mammon has started overtaking me and I begin to worship a God that is not the one true God. I would never ever say that I'm worshiping this idol but the reality is breaking the stronghold has nothing to do with money and has everything to do with tearing down the strongholds of idol worship in our lives. But we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Look what Paul said. This is how we do it. 2 Corinthians 10 Though we walk in the flesh meaning we're human we're not battling and waging war, humanly speaking. The flesh is not this battle. You can get as much money or as little money as you possibly want, and that ain't going to fix the problem of a mindset that is spiritual. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly or human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Everybody say destroy. We're tearing them down. Look at this. 
It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raising against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. What does that mean? Do I punch myself? Do I punch my wallet? Like that's a weird thing, right? No, it means that when you put yourself in situations, get rid of it. Some of y'all have friends that have the wrong mindsets and they filter and constantly put their word in your ears and you begin to become more and more like them. Punishing it is not hitting them, it's detaching from them. Punishing is not getting rid of your TV. It's detaching the TV from what it doesn't need to be on in a lustful sense. Punishing it is not getting rid of your money. That is silly and you will not pay the bills. It is stopping being shamed for what you have or being prideful in what you have. It is being grateful in a little and grateful in much and beginning to walk in an understanding that if I do faithful with a little, God will let it increase and favor will come to me. And favor ain't fair and it ain't, and it ain't something that everybody understands, but it's not something I have to apologize about because it's coming my way. Why? Because God loves me and God loves you and he does not plan to harm you or punish you, but he will not bless you with the wrong mindset. God cannot bless the wrong mindset. Why? Because you're doing it the devil's way, trying to get God to put a stamp of approval on it. Why in the world would he do that? Those old ways have to die. How do you know, Mark? Because this is Jesus' words, not mine. Unless, unless, unless I die to myself. This is how he said it. If any of you want to come after me, you've got to deny Mark and then take up my cross daily, which means my way dies. My old self dies. My old mindset dies. I don't try to do it my way or the highway. I don't care who's right. I don't get in arguments who's right. I'm right standing with God so I can live convicted. And in my convictions, I can stand boldly. But I don't try to convince because those who try to convince are the ones that are not convinced in themselves. It's because conviction has not reigned in them and because righteousness isn't flowing through them. Because righteousness doesn't flow through me because of what I do. This and this has nothing to do with righteousness. I get to do this because I'm righteous in Jesus' name. I get to not feel poverty mindset or prosperity mindset, not because I don't have stuff or do have stuff, that does not matter, but because I focus and fix my eyes on Jesus. Why do you think Paul said, forgetting what's behind you and I press on toward the mark of Christ Jesus and the high calling? It's because every one of you, look at me, I don't care what other preachers think, I don't care what other churches think, and I don't care what you were told as a kid. You have a high calling, everybody say high, in Christ. Most people miss their destinies because of poverty. Most people miss their destinies because of prosperity. Or most people miss their destinies because of pride. Not because God can't function and fund everything you've got. He owns it all. How could he not fund everything I've got? He can sneeze and blink and everything we've ever needed is already provided for me. So the only thing I have to do is one word. Surrender. It's full submission. So this is the altar call. This is the closing. This is what I need you to know. You can go through motions. You can sow seed in the word. You can tithe. You can do everything that you want to do. 
But until God gets a hold of your heart, and until you're willing to die to your old self, you'll keep repeating the patterns of your daddy and your granddaddy and your great-granddaddy and the sins of our fathers are reigning supreme. If y'all have not seen this 2020 that we're living in, God help us. There's more divide than I've ever seen. But it's not because one side of the political party's good and one's bad. It's not because people are just outright stupid. It's because the enemy's at work and an uprising of a true gospel is coming forth. And if it takes hold, listen to me, the enemy is not scared of a church. The enemy is scared of a people that say, I will follow Jesus no matter where he says to go. I will have the mindset of Christ Jesus and that is all I care about. I will do exactly what he tells me to do and to hell with the devil and whatever he says I can't do. That's what makes the enemy tremble in his shoes because he knows that nothing can stop a kingdom force because our God is a consuming fire and he lives in us and once we say you can have it all then we'll live as conquerors in Christ Jesus knowing how great of a calling a high calling that he's got for each one of us not a pastor but a people and we'll stop being afraid and we'll stop being ashamed and we'll stop telling ourselves all the things that we've done our entire lives and we'll stop reminding ourselves all that we're not and start reminding ourselves of what my name is in Christ Jesus and I will wake up every day and I will begin to quote scripture I will begin to declare the things of God over my life I will begin to declare the things of God over my daughter and over my wife and over my son and I will stand up and say you might think I'm crazy and you're more than welcome to but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord we will pursue him with all of our might we will chase him until the day that we die and go be with Jesus or he returns but we will not let anything be left in this tank why? because it ain't about me someone say it's not about me that's the shift. Listen, in just a second, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm not going to ask you to move except to stand up but not come forward. I believe this is a switch that you can flip because I don't think it's you. I think it's your mindset saying it's dead. I believe tomorrow and the next day and the next day can be brand new for you. And I also believe you can be in the same boat you've been in your entire life if you choose not to. So in this song that our band's about to lead us in, in this time, this is what I want y'all to do before we close service out. I want y'all to be honest with Jesus. I want you to be honest with God about yourself and answer the question, which mindset have I been stuck in? Have I had a surrendered mindset to the Lord Jesus? Or have I been in a jail cell of offense that constantly causes me to betray who I really am called to because I, all I can think of is people in my past, things that were done to me. How many times can y'all think of a thing that something was done for you for $100 and someone didn't pay you and it wrecked a whole relationship. How is that not just like Judas? And I believe some things have to fall off today because we're breaking the old mindset of greed in Jesus' name. So we all just stand with me. And as we pray, and then as we sing, I just want y'all to make this a moment of worship and surrender to the Lord. So Jesus... I believe you ordained this message. I believe, God, I try really hard every message. I really do. I, 
I'm excited to preach every time I get the opportunity and I try to lay it down, but sometimes I just know that you've anointed something at another level so that you can break yokes, and I believe that's this. Lord, your word says in Revelation 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And today, that's what we declare over mindsets that are generations old. We declare they're dead by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony saying that Jesus is king, that, we, that you reign in our hearts, that we pursue you with all of our lives, that you are Lord and our Savior, and everything has to bow at the name of Jesus. Lord, poverty must bow to the name of Jesus. Entitlement must bow to the name of Jesus. Our old lives have to bow to the name of Jesus, and you will give us exactly what we need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. So God, let the old be done. May it be dead. May all things become new in Jesus' name today. And we just lift our hands and surrender and worship you. Amen. Y'all sing with us.